What's up, fuckers, and welcome to episode one of the Dreamcast. I'm Kai. I'm Lucas. Lucas. What's up? Just two friends, two best friends, just gonna be shooting the shit on here. Uh, we're gonna ki- cover a wide variety of topics, but uh, just gonna be interesting to, to see what we're gonna say. Yep. Alright, let's start off with hear some stuff about you. Yeah, so you know, uh, been kind of in this scene, in and out, for a long time now. Probably started when I first met you. You know, we were probably fifth sixth grade getting into the getting into playing some call of duty i remember playing ghosts making the first clan in the uh in the clan wars that was a whole lot of fun um but ever since then you know i got really interested in it uh started dabbling with graphics uh creating various different teams uh, always exploring uh more and more options with it um obviously took a big break uh as you know but you know it's always been something that i've wanted to come back to and i feel like i've finally had the opportunity to so Super excited to see how this new approach goes, um, especially with a, a podcast like this. I think, you know, the bridge between what we do every day, because, you know, I don't think uh, most people are as one-dimensional as they're made out to be. Uh, you know, people who love esports also love conventional sports and, and love watching shows like this. So I think we're going to be able to tap into an audience that's that's usually not tapped into. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm ex- I'm super excited to start like this. You know, I've been a competitor my whole life. You, uh, after you took a break, you left me stranded. But, you know, me and our friend Jimmy, for those who don't know him, he'll be on here at some point. Um, we've been a big competitors and just been playing ever since we were, what, what did we say, eight, nine? Yeah, something like that. Probably yeah. first game we started actually going was probably around 10. Yeah. Um, ever since then... It just kept getting more and more and more serious. Yeah, I've always in, been into the content creating stuff and uh, trying to stream, and I've also been like into the org a lot, trying to uh, help out with management management as much as I can. But yeah, that's basically everything about us. So let's start off with our first topic. Um, last weekend you had the Bucks versus Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Bucks yeah. obviously won. Let's talk about the big controversy: is Tom Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy? <laughs> Dude, I mean, I get it. This is his seventh, so like, I can see how he's a little uh, watered down to the experience. I know, I forget who posted the clip, but I saw it on, on Twitter. Uh, someone was like, you guys want to see what Tom Brady's doing after the seventh? You guys want to see what Tom Brady's doing after the seventh? Pans over, everybody's celebrating. Brady's just packing his bag, getting ready for the next day to go home. Um, I mean, obviously he was plastered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the boat, plastered. He was, he was zooted. <laughs> so, some people are trying to make excuses, like maybe he's a little seasick or... No, no way. I mean, sure, he could have been seasick also. I mean, the throw still got across. That that was still a dime. Yeah. Um, But, dude, I just wonder if the Lombardi Trophy went in the water, how long it's flowing or it's going straight down. Yeah, whoever found that would have <laughs> dove for that and found that. I mean, you're a lucky one. But I don't, I don't get the controversy and the backlash he's getting because if you don't, I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, they brought it to a Red Sox game and Gronk literally bunted with it and there was a dent in the trophy. There was no dent or nothing when Tom Brady threw it. He threw it to the fans. They ended up getting it back. Like there was no dent or anything. So I don't. The woman who uh, whose husband makes the trophies, he's like the silver, silverware maker or whatever, whatever it's called. She was like, I think it's real disrespectful and everything. And I saw something on Twitter, and someone goes, Do you not remember this? And it's the Cliff of Gronk bunting <laughs> yeah. the baseball with it. And I was like. I mean, I get it. It might be disrespectful, but the dude was having fun. He was not in the right mind space. He was yeah. plastered. So, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. 
Yeah, it's... I mean, I mean, I'm obviously not as familiar with football um, as I am with hockey, but I know for for hockey, you get the actual cup. That's like the players. That's the tradition. You know, the players always get the real cup. Uh, they're getting the cup every year, and they're drinking out of it. They're doing whatever they want. They have, um, I think now it's 48 hours, whatever they want. Like, un, they usually have like one press release thing with it, and then after that, it's whatever they want. Um, so I think it's kind of, you know, you're supposed to be able to reap the reward for for winning, and at the end of the day, if that's what he wants to do, yeah, sure, you can say it's irresponsible. Again, it's his seventh one. He has the most respect for the game out of anybody that could have the respect. So, coming down to it, like, should he have thrown it? I don't know. Did he throw it? Yeah. Nothing bad happened from it. The Lombardi trophy that he just won is still a Lombardi trophy that he just won. Yeah. So, um, But, you know, staying on the, the whole Brady idea, like, you got all these great athletes from, from different sports, but, I mean, for me, at least, the, the big three that, that pop up, you got Brady now, I mean, seventh. I feel as though undisputably like the go to football, right? Obviously, all the different positions make it a little bit interesting, but unmatched in what he did in a sport. Yeah. Um, you have Jordan. Again, I mean, people like to bring up the Jordan LeBron discussion, but you know, you see the last dance, obviously a time thing. Like, that's some goat shit that he did. Yeah. He knew everybody was starting to talk about how LeBron might be taking over, dropped the last dance. Like, that footage has been sat on. Yeah. He knew what the fuck he was doing with that. Mm-hmm. And then. The one that I feel like I slept on most, obviously me being a hockey guy, Gretzky. Like, you look at his points, you could take away all of his goals, and he'd still have more points than anybody ever got in the league. Um, so, you know, I feel like you have these big, the, the big three here, and obviously different sports, different attributes, kind of uncomparable. Um, but they're definitely, I feel like all three of them have to be on the rush more. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think you get into the almost like, at that point, it's bias. Like, who do you want to be um, the head of sports, like traditional sports almost? Uh, for me, I feel as though Gretzky kind of, you lose the personality side of it. He's still in hockey. Um, you know, he just still does press stuff all the time. Um, but not as much as you see Jordan, and obviously Brady's still in the sport. So, I mean... Especially when you consider age into it, Brady's putting up these numbers this old, not slowing down at all for me. I think like undisputedly, gotta be those three, and then you could kind of just take your pick from them. Yeah, um, let's see. So obviously Brady's on my top three. He, it's hard for him to not be on your top three. Yeah, he's forty three. You said forty two. Forty three now, I think. Forty three years old, seven rings, just won a Super Bowl. Doesn't look like he's lost any touch no. or anything. He. He's he's got to be up there, um, Michael Jordan. I've always picked Michael Jordan over LeBron, not to offend LeBron fans, <laughs> but I mean LeBron's been to the finals so many times and lost. Jordan has six rings, maybe law. I don't remember exactly how many times he lost. Cause I don't really follow basketball yeah, like, yeah. like that. But I mean, and my like the reason why I think this is Jordan, like the era Jordan played in. Everyone say, oh, that like that era was easier. The dude was getting tackled, punched. Shit, they dude. were so aggressive. LeBron gets hit in the head. Immediate oh, yeah. flop. Immediate flop and he's crying for a call. Jordan gets punched in the face, gets right back up and drops 40 on him. Yeah, people like, love to talk about the skill gap, but I feel like nobody ever, ever talks about the physicality gap that there is now. Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah. One of the most physical dudes ever. 
Bad never boy Pistons. Yeah. Oh my god. I've never seen this dude. He can't shoot for his life, can't make a basket for his life, sits there, bodies people, gets rebounds. That like I I don't understand how that's even a conversation about like Yeah. Oh, LeBron would do this in Jordan's area. Like, no, he wouldn't. Absolutely not. He LeBron would not be as good as he is now in Jordan's era, and Jordan would dominate this era. Yeah. Um, for my third goat, I'm not gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Mike Trout. The dude's just unbelievably skilled at baseball. Yeah. He's unbelievably skilled. He's loyal to his team, and he's got incredible work ethic. He didn't ask for like the amount of money that he got paid this year. I think he got like twelve years, four hundred something million dollars. That's insane. Yeah. And he's just been working in silence, basically. He is so good at baseball and so skilled that if by the end of his, like, by the time his career is over, if he's not, like, the best player to ever play baseball, that's, like, he's going to be top three in that conversation with ease. He is so incredibly skilled, and I just think he's the third on my GOAT list. Um, yeah, going off that, too, like, the idea of talking about loyalty to a team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a huge thing. Like, I know uh, Gretzky was traded. Like, didn't want to trade. It was, he played for Edmonton. That was, like, what he wanted. Got traded to L.A. I mean, he still, like, popped off. Interesting to see with, especially when you're comparing Brady with uh, LeBron or even LeBron Jordan. Mm-hmm. LeBron left. Like, LeBron knowingly said that he couldn't win with this team, like, publicly. And I think, I mean, I don't want to be, like, yeah, let's just not base it off what he did, but that is kind of like a, a stain on his record. He did he come back and win it with them? Yeah, like but just like he said he was going to. Uh, but you look at Brady. Brady kept winning with the Patriots over and over. Um, you know, I was watching something the other day uh, after they won, talking about the year that they played Seattle in the Super Bowl. Uh, he had a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, ironically enough, and uh, it was the worst game he had since playing with the Patriots. It's like two picks, a fumble. Uh, oh, yeah. Belichick's at him. And even after that, he's such a determined leader uh, and player that he took them to the Super Bowl, right? Like, you look at his stats after that game, crazy. Like, record numbers. Um, and just the idea that there are so many intangibles to a GOAT. You can't just base it off the stats because that's when you get into, like, the, oh, LeBron would do this and in Jordan's area. Yeah. There's so many intangibles, and, you know, I think that's why it's so hard to uh, to place them up against each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, talking about loyalty and everything. So, LeBron started his career in Cleveland. Pretty sure he went to the playoffs as a rookie and all that. Then he went to Miami. And this is what really annoys, annoys me is everyone says Michael Jordan had a super team because he had Dennis Rodman, yeah. Scottie Pippen. I don't know if they, like, watched who was on LeBron's team in Miami. Prime D-Wade, prime LeBron. Ray Allen, who, unbelievable shooter. Yeah. Chris Bosh, who's, he was good. And Birdman, uh, their their big guy, their center. He was, he was all right. He was kind of the role player. Yeah. That's a super team. That right there is a super team. And then he leaves Miami, goes back to Cleveland, that one year, I think it was 2016, when they played Golden State, and maybe that's when they were down 3-1 and came back, he had no one, which I understand that's like people can argue that for him being like the GOAT and everything. He had him and Kyrie Irving. The rest of the team was straight garbage. Yeah. Um, 
then they came back and won. Like, I understand that. Like, that's a valid point of him being the GOAT. Like, that's a good point to argue there because he showed, like, Tom Brady did this year, showing at such an old age that, like, he could still do that. LeBron did that with that team, with that bad of a team. Um, And then he went to the Lakers. Uh, His first year with the Lakers, he had the young guys. He had Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Um, Didn't really do well with them and immediately demanded Anthony Davis. Yeah. It seems like LeBron needs that person to uh, help him win. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, they can argue that Michael Jordan needed that too because Michael Jordan wasn't really alone until he was on the Wizards, but when he was on the Wizards, that was like his last year before he retired or something like that. Um, It, it just always seems like LeBron needs that extra superstar to help him win. But... I mean, LeBron's doing everything he wanted to do. He won a championship with Cleveland. Yeah. He won a championship with Miami and then a championship with the Lakers. He's, so he's doing everything that he wants to do. Respect to him. But I kind of wish he would have just stayed in Cleveland his whole career. Yeah, especially just to, I mean, at the point where he's getting ready to leave Cleveland, he's done it all, right? Like, he yeah. did what he said he was going to do. I mean, at that point, I mean, personally, I feel as though that's when the debate between Izzy a goat was the closest. Like between him and Jordan, everybody's like, "Oh wow, he did what he said he was gonna do." Came back um, and did it. It is also interesting to me though, um, seeing the difference between generations. Almost, Jordan could do what he did, go out party all night, and come back and do it again. I'm sure LeBron and Brady could do it, but speaking to Brady being 43, like Brady refuses to do it. Like, I know, I mean, it's very limited on what you get from Brady. I'm yeah. sure that him doing bands, infrared, and drinking half his body weight in water is not the end of the story. Like, that's what he's selling you. Yeah. Um, which just makes it even more interesting for for trying to dissect the genius that's behind it. Um, but I think that's something, you know, you see with traditional sports and even, you know, moving into esports, um, the idea that, these generations, especially in esports, a lot smaller. Uh, but, you know, you look back even when we were growing up and uh, and seeing the guys play, it was different. Scrims were different. Like, uh, Optic House, they're all sitting in the same room playing, playing Minecraft after, you know. Mm-hmm. like It's different the way it is now, and, and it's especially interesting to see um, what teams are valuing content as opposed to what teams are just valuing straight up the traditional sports aspect. Yeah. Um, and how... The players are adapting to that. Like, I mean, Scump, Seth, undoubtedly one of the GOATs. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and his approach is so much different than all the other competitors. He is the one who is, okay, I'm going to take care of this content, and I'm going to go and outsell everybody. Like, that's yeah. his idea with it. And do you see a takeaway from his game sometime? Yeah, I think you could see it. Um, but he's competing, streaming, posting videos. Like, it's crazy what they do. And I mean, like, I understand, like, he might have some help behind the scenes, like, because most of his YouTube videos are his Twitch streams, moments from his Twitch streams, and, like, obviously, clip it, upload it, whatever. Yeah. That is still a tough job, having to, he streams daily. Yeah. Practices daily, and then having to go into the weekend and compete to his best ability, that's so tough to put on someone like that. I mean, we'll talk about Crim6. Yeah. 
I hardly see him stream. Yeah. I mean, I know he scrims and he's going hard in scrims. I mean, sometimes he posts his YouTube video. He had his little documentary, the Pursuit documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you know, he's arguably another goat of COD, yeah. most winningest player in COD, and he doesn't really post content or anything. So I think for Skump to be able to post content, stream daily, and be one of the goats of COD is crazy. And I I only wonder what how good he would be if he didn't yeah. do that all that and just focused all COD every day. Yeah, and I know uh Nade said it, like Skump would be like six or seven times bigger than he is now oh, if yeah. he just quit competing, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's where you see the the urge to compete that's unmatched. Like all the pros, you know, it's the same way. Um and I think it's really, you know, telling in the way that the, the CDL is going now. Obviously, like, some changes from the CWL, some good, some bad. I mean, they've also been struggling with some, in my opinion, game-breaking aspects to, to the new games. Mm-hmm. Um, but these competitors are still going in day and night, you know, like, putting the work in. And you can clearly see the shift um, from... These 10 players, let's just say, uh, especially when we were growing up, head and heels greater than everybody else playing, to now, you know, everybody in the pro scene um, can compete. Uh, There's not a doubt that, you know, you see it now. The bottom teams have some of the best players. Like Octane's on Seattle. He's one of the best ARs right now, without a doubt. And he's still on a struggling team. Um so it's interesting to see how the skill gap's closing, uh, and you, you have all of these top AMs coming in, um, like Awakening, right? Like yeah, big wave. came in last year, yeah, tore it up, absolutely fried. Yeah, and then you see where uh, the pros that used to be staples, like Haggy, right, was in the, in the league, in the league, in the league, wasn't. Now he just came back in this last week or this weekend. Um, Performed. He performed. He, he proved well. that. Yeah, he pre- proved that he could play in the league. Yeah, I mean his first map, first and second map were shaky, but they almost pulled the reverse sweep, yeah. and he was he played pretty well. I mean, obviously there's gonna be fans that are like, "Oh, Haggy sucks." Like Haggy this, Haggy that. I ain't giving up on him. No. Nah. Give him. Wait, whenever next home series is. Wait, I bet you he's gonna fry. Oh, he yeah. was frying in scrims. I mean, obviously you're gonna be a little bit nervous. You were out of the league for a couple of years, and you come back, first match back in the league, and obviously there's a lot of weight on your shoulders. He was a little bit nervous. It happens to everyone. Like, give him, give him to the next home series, and I bet you he'll be frying. For sure. And and you could almost tell um, it took him a few games, obviously, to adjust. He still came in and performed. Yeah. So if that's telling to anything, it's telling to how good the top AM scene is right now. Mm-hmm. He's playing against these players all the time. Obviously, the top AM teams are getting scrims against some of the top pro teams um, to scrim, like, more niche things that they have to be able to execute. Yeah. But... He still came in, maybe missing a, a couple steps and then caught a stride right away. That's be that shows how good the talent is in the AM scene, um, and and kind of going the opposite way of what I was saying before. You have someone like Doug, in the in the pro scene, in the pro scene, in the pro scene. Now obviously struggling. Like he wants to get back in. Like I hope Doug does. Love the guy, but Love Doug. You know, it's as competitive as ever. Yeah. Everybody can play. I mean, I would say the the gap to get in now is a bit larger, uh, just because of the shift to PC. So yeah, the the access isn't as much. But you know, I think 
with the next game, hopefully, uh, if you do have a solid ELO-based rank system and you're playing on a console and people know you're playing on a console and you're still up there, right? So you're still playing against these pros, you're still getting the experience. I think you're going to open up more than enough opportunities through that. Yeah. Um, personally, I think they need to do something in the next COD to balance out PC and console because it's a major disadvantage to console players who are playing against PC players. Uh, obviously, console players are getting 60 hertz. PC yeah. players are getting 120 hertz. That's such a big difference. As you saw today, yeah. the gunless playing on 60 hertz the whole whole season. Find found out that out last night plays on 120 hertz. First map goes 40 and 24. Yeah. Big difference. Um, and then they also, I mean, they need an anti, they need an anti cheat system. Uh, it doesn't really affect the pro scene much. Uh, the uh, amateur scene, they're they've been affected so much. It's still going on in the challengers cups and everything. They there's so many top am teams that have been affected by it by hackers, oh, yeah. and nothing gets done. And they need to fix that, like, ASAP. I think, you know, out of the two, if I had to value one, anti-cheat, for sure. Um, you know, you look throughout all of Call of Duty now uh, with the new game, the, the cheating's been a problem. Yeah. Whether it's in Warzone, which is, like, their big money maker, oh, right? Yeah. Um, or And definitely on the, the competitive side. You know, that's something that, in the next game, 1,000% needs to be in there. Um, if you had to focus on one of the two, I would hope it's that. But also, we kind of saw it with the last year, uh, and, and even this year, where you can close competition to just console, just PC. I don't know, obviously, I don't know how to how to code extensively or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I feel as though you should be able to make a cap um, to what the PC's running when they are playing console players. Yeah, I understand the need um, for the PC, especially in the pro scene. You know, they have to be at this this crazy standard to compete with all those other uh, esports titles, which is perfectly fine, right? Um, but that is the pro scene. Like, no pro is playing another pro with uh, that's on a console. When you are having these open-type tournaments where, you know, it is PC versus console, I think you could find a middle ground for the two, right? So I think you can cap off with the PCs or software running, um, obviously, the hardware they wouldn't be able to control. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially in the Pro League, hardware is something that they can control. Uh, and obviously, I don't know the inner workings, but it doesn't seem to me that they have a consistent PC requirement right now, uh, which I think definitely should be in place. Yeah. Um, and if they weren't to go to a specific PC requirement, they could just shift it to LAN. Yeah. Um, and that takes care of the problem significantly, I think. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I understand lands hard because of COVID and everything, but, I mean, you copy what professional sports are doing, Yeah, they could do it with ease. And, I mean, I know in preseason they were talking about bubble yeah. for COD, and most players didn't want to do it, understandably, because, I mean, it's a long season, not seeing any family, not seeing your significant other or whatever. So I understand that and them not wanting to do that, but I still think that they can have home series in Minnesota, Chicago, Dallas, and be able to keep COVID out. Yeah, and, you know, you look at the traditional sports, all their PAs vetoed uh, a bubble for the mm-hmm. regular season. Understandably, extremely long season. They all have family, like you were stating. But I think that 
you can get a good compromise between the two. Just how traditional sports are doing, testing 24-7 for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they have it, they shut down that team in two weeks, right? Uh, constantly getting tested. So there are solutions. Um, for me, right now when I look at it, I don't think it would be hard to have teams come to, obviously it would have to be much smaller of a venue. Yeah. Right? Um, and if the league wanted to make it no fans, regardless of what state you're in, regardless of what the, the government's saying there, that's fine. They could even have it at one studio then. And, uh, you know, you see it, not for this reason, obviously, but you do see it with uh, CSGO. I think it was the Summit Major, I believe. Mm-hmm. Teams are going, competing in different rooms. And it's conventional with CS2 for qualifiers. Competing in different rooms, but they're on land. So you're getting what you need, uh, which is land, for true competition, but you're also getting the safety precautions that you need because of COVID. So I think you can do both and have the teams completely isolated. And I obviously would assume that the league has looked at this and the players have thought about this. All the players seemingly want to play on land, um, so this would be their solution. So now I just wonder if it is a league thing and and money-wise for the league. Um because you do look at it, this is the first year, or maybe last year, but definitely this year, they shifted the conventional Friday to Sunday tournament where it's game after game after game after game to now it started on Thursday, right? Yeah. So you're getting all this extra length, more production. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm watching the stream, it feels like it's double the length in between the games. Oh, it definitely is. So many more ads, oh, many yeah. more breaks. Absolutely. And I think... Um, they're doing that strategically, right? They're doing that for a financial reason. Um, and I think they're concerned that if they try to move this to LAN, um, you can't have teams flying in and out every week mm-hmm. for these four-day long things, right? Yeah. The only way that's possible then is to stay the whole week. Obviously not ideal. You could even switch it towards how the CWL had the stages. Um where groups are playing all their games at one time than the other group. I just think if you want to have the best possible competition, which I obviously the players want to see and I think the fans want to see, um, you move it to land any way possible. Obviously take all the safety precautions and definitely, without a doubt, have champs on land. Yeah. Uh, and from a viewer's experience, I think they also have to make sure that they have champs as one coherent thing. The playoffs last year with, like, the one week and then champs the second week. Honestly, I had no clue what was happening until the second week where everybody was talking about it being champs. I really had no clue. Yeah, I, I thought mean, it was one playoffs, like, one champ. No, yeah. they got to figure that out to make sure it's accessible to everybody, in my opinion. Um, but I feel like it's just the little little things that once they figure it out, it's going to elevate the league. I'm going to be honest. I mean, CDL's cool and all. I miss the old CWL. Oh, yeah. Friday man. through Sunday, constant games. You could have some teams. We had, uh, who was it? BO4 Champs. You had, I don't remember the name, but where Kleenex's old team. Yeah, yeah. Came out of nowhere and was just frying. Like, I want to see that. I don't want to see Optic Chicago versus Atlanta Phase or Dallas Empire versus Atlanta Phase. Like, it gets boring. Like, give yeah. the give the Challengers kids... A chance to play to against the yeah. pro teams. And speaking to that, like, you know, for the earlier on in the BO4, I think BO4 year, or maybe World War II year, but anyway, 
CWL in Midnight Esports. Oh, yeah. Nobody had ever heard of them, right? Yeah. These bunch of, you know, definitely top AMs, former pros, like, all wanted to prove something, and they did it. I think the league, moving to what they want to do, obviously more sustainable for their their uh, investors, but when you have a traditional sport, and when you're trying to convert that into an esport, they want to show that the best players are playing all the time. You can do that better, in my opinion, with the Opens. Yeah. The best players are going to win that tournament. Whoever's playing that weekend is going to win that weekend. Well, Envoy came from Midnight. Exactly. He was on Midnight, and then they qualified, and then he got picked up by Genji or whatever, and then went on. Now he's on Optic and everything. I feel like what COD is trying to do is they're trying to be like professional sports, but it doesn't work when you have four guys as your starters and the rest are bench players. Like baseball, you got nine positions on the field, and then you got bench players. Yeah. You got on the benches, DHs, you know, someone gets hurt, they fill in. Um, Basketball, you got five starters, and then bench players, the bench players rotate in throughout the game. CDL, you rarely see a bench player get used. No. Hardly. Hardly ever. I mean, unless there's like a visa problem or somebody's sick. Or internet, since we're online, internet goes out. Once we go back to LAN, we're not going to see anyone get used. No. I think the only person on LAN last year who got used, rest in peace, was Pharaoh. Yeah. After uh, Priesta got sick on LAN. Yeah. Or not last year, two years ago, even. Speaking of Pharaoh, we're talking about how, you know, the... Dudes in the challengers came up. Once he got, once he hit mutineers, they did not lose. Oh yeah, they were frying. Yeah, sad, sad to see that tor- that type of talent go, and you know, obviously leave the world, leave the community. It's it's sad, and that definitely hit deep in my heart because I remember in World War Two. Obviously, I'm an optic fan. I remember World War Two. They were playing optic and they were scrimming optic, and Krim was pissed. So pissed all over the timeline because Pharaoh was using the machine gun pistol, and he oh my god, it got crimp tilted. Yeah, and it was just I mean like, you know obviously you could be like ah like, I hate that kid because he's doing that. Yeah, but I mean the the kid was just good. He was good and he made a difference on every team that he was on. So it's sad to see that he's uh, passed away, and you know prayers are up for him and his family. Yeah, and you know it shows a lot to to his character, um, playing with a hundred thieves the year. And obviously things weren't working out with the team, and they they steamed that he was the the necessary change, right? Mm-hmm. He he kind of wore that on the chest, and you know kept going. Obviously had some rough bouts uh, with media issues and stuff, but as a player, strictly you know went through those trials and tribulations with with a hundred thieves. Next year showed out with with mutineers, like you were saying. Yeah. So you know even going back to to our goat conversation, like he had. Um, everything, all the aspects that you need as a competitor uh, to continue to keep playing. And I think, you know, now you're going to see some names in the pro scene go out of the pro scene, in the pro scene, out of the pro scene. Yeah. He was on the trajectory to make sure he was a solid name always in the pro scene. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, rest in peace, man. Well, he was a guaranteed, he was a guaranteed, I'm pretty sure he was a guaranteed starter on the Mutineers oh, this yeah. year. For sure. Um, because, you know, he passed away before everyone announced their rosters and stuff, which is upsetting and everything, but... All right, let's uh let's move on to league play. Let's talk about this. Recently added in this past week. Uh, <laughs> oof, hey. Should we start with uh, let me initial just, rankings? Let me just say this: shit show. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. 
obviously they were trying to do score per minute with the first five. Um, you know, I'll say it. Got to play as a competitor to start. I don't know how that, that happens, but I also find it interesting that their solution to that was just doing one placement match to see where you were. Yeah. Where you were placed. Like, they had to realize that what people were complaining about was the way they were doing it. They tried to fix it. I mean, I think the rankings or the placements were more accurate after that. Um, but they definitely could have done it in a more efficient way or just go back to ELO. Right, yeah. like I don't know how it's telling you you're in the top five or top fifteen, whatever percent, when there's no percentages yet. Like yeah. there's no people that are ranked yet. Yeah. Um, I think the need to go to an elo is essential. Um, because that shows who really wants it. Uh, and it kind of seems like you know they just threw something out there because everybody was complaining that there was no rank. Yeah. Um, which is upsetting. You know they had a, a great opportunity to make sure that this game was a step in the right direction for the pro scene, but, you know, I just, they want to talk about how they want to integrate the pros with, with the common players all the time, and it's just interesting to me how they say that every year, and seemingly they just kind of neglect it every year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you had Scump tweet at, uh, Scump either tweeted at Vonderhaar or just tweeted out, and Vonderhaar responded and was like, my guys are working, like, you should yeah, be yeah. thankful, this is a hard year and everything understandable um they released it february so that's the game came out in november right yep so a couple months and they basically just did a copy and paste on black ops 4 oh. when they could have just which rank system was terrible to start yeah when they could have just worked for those months on a rank play system and made a different one and a better one um I mean, now, I I don't think it's even worse now, but it's still bad now. Yeah. Master's supposed to be top 2%. I'm ranked master. And there's kids that I play in the master division. Who are just... Straight garbage. Yeah. And I don't understand how they get put in there. And I think, I mean, I honestly think that this year League Play is just going to be the mode to play if you want to play, like, competitive modes. But it's... Just 4v4. I mean, yeah, like, I think... Just 4v4. Which is what... MW had with their CDL playlist or whatever, right? Yeah. But you also got to... I think the biggest problem, um, or one of the biggest problems at least, is that when you're playing, you're not necessarily playing against your rank, right? You're playing against anybody who you can fill a lobby with for the most part. And when you have that happening, you know, you're playing against kids in, in what's a now more accurate competitor, you could say, you know, because you're just trying to dabble into... To competitive or don't even know what it is really so they, mm -hmm. they try it out I feel like they almost do it so those kids don't feel as though they are so far down but I think you kind of need that right so now those kids are always playing against kids their skill level slowly building more and more so now they're not those kids at the bottom right yeah and, and the people at the top are playing to the people at the top so they're constantly going up and then that's how you get the the elo system to truly show where people are supposed to be like they like I feel like they're not trying to be hard on people. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Mike Trout, back to Mike Trout. He's not just a Hall of Fame baseball player when he comes out of the womb. Yeah, yeah. Like you gotta build your way up. Like this is the same thing for Cod. Like you gotta you gotta have that happen. Like you can't have kids who are clueless and don't know how to play the game, ranking masters, and then think that that's 
that they're, they're yeah. And then, then even going further into that, they discredit everything that the pros are doing. Mm-hmm. These pros are grinding every day. Top, let's say, 50 people in the world to ever play the game, right? And now you get somebody in Masters like, well, my favorite pro, whoever X, is just as good as me, I guess, right? And it wasn't even that hard. Big wake. 10 oh, KD yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, gets put in competitor. Dude dropped a 10 KD throughout five games and gets put in competitor. A pro player who's nasty at the game. Yeah. You put him in competitor. Like, that's... And obviously everybody in the scene who knows, knows it's a joke and a fault to the game. Yeah. Not to him. But the people who are just starting to get into it, you know, like the younger kids, especially like when we were starting, you don't really understand how intricate that is, right? Yeah. You just see him in competitor. And you're like, oh, that guy's in competitor. Like, how is he in the league? Yeah, how that is guy he in the league? Yeah. So, I mean, they obviously got a bunch of stuff to fix. Uh, I did hear something that... Who was the who was the creator of World War Two? Do you know? Do you remember? Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. I did hear something, because I know AW and World War Two were created by the same company, yeah. that Sledgehammer is the only one who allows the ELO system. That's so something some I just, sort of I just saw. On, yeah, that's just something I saw on Twitter. I'm not sure if that's exactly correct. But, I mean, it would have been nice if... You know, they could do something with the ranks, like Master. Like oh, they yeah. did in BO2. Yeah, yeah. They could do something like that for Cold War. And, I mean, I still think it would be good. But they literally... It, they literally just copied and pasted um, BO4 into it. And it's like, it's boring. Like, yeah. I want a new ranked system. I want to grind for, they could add, like, you can grind for COD points, you can oh, grind yeah. for CDL stuff. Like, I want to do any that. any sort of, yeah. Like, I want I want to do that, but it's just like, uh, you, you get first place, you get four gems and a cool emblem. Like, no, like, I don't want, yeah. like. And I think, That's not know, something to grind for. No, and. After saying that, that they're the only one that allows the ELO system, game battles is strictly an ELO system, yeah. right? And they've been trying to work that into games in and out. You know, it's like sort of there, sort of not some years. If you're able to work that in, if they don't want to worry about a rank system, right? They just put game battles in. Mm-hmm. And now you integrate game battles with the game fully to where it's on release. You can just get a game battle right away, play. Yeah, there's still a little bit of a, a bridge, but... If Game Battles is having that much more people playing it, they're going to be able to match you against your skill appropriately. And then from that, sure, you could even do it how the ranked is this year, or NBA 4 year, where it's like the, the ladder for the week. If you finish top five, I forget what game had it. Some, some game had it like this. You get a camo for that week, right? So I think it was AW, you got a skin. Yeah. For a certain amount yeah. of time, and you got to keep it. That was sick. Like, yeah. I thought that was sick in the game. Like, you try to pull it, you finally pull it, you're like, yo, I got this for, like, five days, I gotta try to get it again. Yeah. I mean, another thing, AW, I mean, supply drops, I personally thought that they were a good thing. Like, AW supply drops, yeah. you got advanced supply drops for, like, every 20 levels, and you just got supply drops for completing challenges or just playing the game. I thought that was a good idea. I didn't like in, you know, BO4 where you earned, like, reserve cases, you got, like, one, like, three things out of them and they weren't that good like I feel like supply drops in AW were elite because you had advanced supply drops would guarantee you do good things and then regular supply drops which you still most likely got something good out of it and like the stuff that you got too was like it was sick like you had yeah. you had the optic gear you had denial gear and then you just oh, had yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know you had like clown suits like psychedelic suits yeah, like, that they, is remember sick remember grinding for the white all yeah. white that was stuff was sick all purple yeah like, it's that so is easy sick. too yeah, 
I think, and even, you know, going back to them trying to integrate it with the, the pro scene as much as possible, those camos obviously didn't come out, uh, the, the pro camos didn't come out right away. But, again, that's, what, five years in the past now? So now it should be the game comes out. You have these franchised, established teams that are going to be in the league every year. As soon as the game comes out, you should have, you know, the camos for the team. And, you know, obviously people looking at the weapon camos this year, like, not liking them as much. Some people like them more, how simplistic they are. But you can have that, and you can have each, I guess, major with, with the way that they're going now. You can have kind of like CS where you, you can rep your team, right? On the major, they have mm-hmm. all their names signed. Yeah. That would be perfect. And you could also make it, obviously, if you're going to make it to where people are buying it, you got to add crowdfunding, like, for sure, without a doubt, and keep it that way. If you're not, you can make it to where people are grinding for those, right? Yeah. So now you get somebody who's never heard of competitive. They get something that on the bottom says CDL with a little logo next to it and some guy's signature. They're like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? They look yeah. it up in the game, pulls it up, all these different CDL things, and now they're that's their first step in the doorway. Then maybe they go dabble, league play, now they're watching, you know, and and play some bets on it or whatever. You know, there's so many ways to get yeah. involved now. And that's how you organically bring everybody into the ecosystem. You want to see, this is the thing. The camos this year, oh, I could have made better camos, if we're being honest. I could have made better team camos. The skins aren't terrible. I actually kind of like the skins this year. The camos and the stickers and the the charms, a shoe with a team's logo on it, for each team, like that's awful. A camo literally just splatter of the team's colors. And again, it's not like you look at it and they're like, I guess they didn't have good artists this year. The the skins are sick. Yeah. And the, like they got the, the watches, you know, they're like they're yeah. nice. It looks like again, kinda like how league play looks like. Looks like they just got lazy. Yeah, it looks like they had an idea that they were trying to push out and maybe because it's COVID, I don't know, but they were like got halfway there maybe and they were like, Oh whatever, just push it out now, like people are complaining. You got BO three camos. Team camos, so nice. So I nice. love all of them. Face cam was sick. Optic sick. LG sick. Cloud Cloud Nine sick. They were so nice. You want to get people to watch, and you want to get people to buy your stuff. You need to put effort into it and release something that will catch the eye of people and that people will buy. Plain and simple. Yeah, absolutely. And like you were just mentioning, that is the easiest way to bridge back into. To the everyday viewer of or play of even Warzone, right? And now you have this thing that this entity that they're gonna try to keep throughout all of the games, obviously. I mean, it's a whole another thing to try to make that same sort of concept for competitive. Mm-hmm. We have the same game going through all these different titles. Yeah. Pros playing, needless to say, like if you have pros wearing it in the game. And they have options. Like, the pros don't really have options. I mean, you can even see now they are so unexcited about the weapon camos that they're using that they're using normal weapon camos during the CDL matches. Yeah. If you give them six different options, just like NBA players have six different options for their shoes that they can wear that game, you give them all these options, they're repping a different one every map or every gun, and now you see it in Warzone, and you're like, oh, I love that one. You have no nothing about it. You happen to press on the stream. You're like, oh, that's the same camo I use. I mean, I just think... You know, not that this year's shocked. I personally enjoy the game. Again, there are, like, game-breaking aspects to it, but moving into the years to follow, they just got to make sure that when the game's coming out, everything's at least in the works. Like, if they openly said, listen, this isn't going to come out right now, sorry, this is when it should be out. 
this is how far along we are in it, at least people know, right? Mm-hmm. And you have this extended off season between uh, when the game's coming out and and when the pro or when the CBL starts. You kind of need something to fill that gap. Like if you have league play for then, you know the pros are going on every night. Yeah. And then you make it so much more competitive than it, it's going to be during season. Yeah. That's all I got. Shit, yeah, man. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Good first, first, one, first one in the books. Yeah, let's go. Let's go, baby. Interesting to see who who's gonna want to uh, to be on. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, I'm looking forward to more episodes. This is fun. I had a lot of. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, what's what's great about this kind of format where it's kind of run and go. Like you know, if we're ever somewhere else, we could always just plug it in and, and get going. Yeah. Um, and if for some reason you know COVID restrictions or anything like that, uh, can't get in person, we can always do it online. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it's it's set up for success, and just keep throwing banter like this. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, and I can't wait for next week or whenever we shoot the, the next one to get just get more topics and keep talking about it. Like I, I had a lot of fun talking about everything, talking about COD, talking about sports, goats, and all that. Like it, I had a lot of fun, so I'm excited. Absolutely, man. All so, right. Thank you, guys. See you guys. Peace.